Welcome to The Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Okay, everyone. Today on The Thought Vault, we have a special guest, Elizabeth Ling Thompson. She is an author. She has several books. And today we are jumping into her book, All the Feels, which has a special place in my heart because it speaks straight to the message that I hope this podcast helps for you all. And she writes at her blog, ElizabethLingThompson.com. She's written When God Says Wait and When God Says Go, um, both great books. And she is a speaker, novelist. She's married to her husband, who is also a pastor. And she lives in North Carolina with her four children. And we are just so excited to have you on here to talk about this book, because I know just from the context of what we talk about here on this podcast and what I'm helping my life coaching uh, clients get through that this is a message that I see over and over again that people just need more clarity on. And it's a great topic because it will serve you for your entire life, I feel like, because we're never getting away from feeling. So I want to jump in and just ask Elizabeth to just tell us, you know, why she decided to write all the fills and what was the important message that she wanted her readers um, to know and to get from it. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this and spending time with you, getting to know you. Um, I love, I love the message of what you share. Um, You know, this is the book that I needed my whole life. And couldn't quite find. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to write it. Uh, I consider myself a big feeler, and I'm sure we'll talk more about what that means. But but emotions have played such a huge role in my life and in my faith for my whole life. And different seasons of my life, emotions kind of felt like a problem. You know, like I didn't always know what to do with them. They were so big and loud and strong. And they were bossing me around instead of me leading them. And so I was always struggling with, okay, what does God think about my feelings? Why did he give me so many? (laughs) Can I take them to him? Is he okay with all this that I feel? Uh, What do I do when it gets a little out of control? How How can the Bible help me? All of that I've been wrestling with my whole life. And so really this book, was born out of that journey and those questions and those prayers and really learning to embrace who I am as a feeler, but also embrace God's leadership of my feelings. That's really where this book came from. Yeah. And I think that's an important point to note because as a fellow big feeler myself, that is something that I've struggled with, you know, um, because being a big filler, you feel the negative feelings very much so. And so uh, walking through that and really trying to relate it to, well, does does this mean, you know, God has inflicted me with this? Why is this a problem that I'm dealing with? And then also feeling kind of maybe ashamed a little bit of my faith. Like maybe my faith's not strong enough. Why am I such a warrior? Why am I dealing with depression? Things like that. So these are all big you know, to keep using the word big, but big questions that I've had to ask myself in my journey as a big feeler. And so I think that that's why this book and this message spoke to me so much. I mean, even like on the first page, and I'll just read a little blurb, you said, you live in emotional high definition. 
noticing and mourning the ugly things of life, seeing and savoring every gorgeous detail and the beautiful. And that spoke to me because it's exactly, it's like, I can see all the goodness, but also all the badness, you know, and feel it. I mean, I consider it a gift of empathy and compassion because some people just don't have that. But yeah, it comes along with a lot to try to muddy through and work through. And I think that that's why this book is going to be so helpful for anyone who grabs it because it just really helps you have a more concise understanding of why did God make me this way? And it's okay. And it is a gift. Um, And it is a gift, whether you are a big feeler or a reluctant feeler, like we'll jump into. So talking about the different kinds of feelings, I do would love for you to just take a moment to talk about the differences you talk in the book about big feelers, steady and reluctant, and kind of give a brief explanation of those. Yeah. Well, so I love that you're a big feeler like me. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> and, and you read that line that really sums it up. We, we live in high definition. Like, mm-hmm. um, we're not just happy. We throw a parade and there are fireworks, you know, <laughs> and yes. it can feel sometimes like an incredible blessing and it is a blessing, but sometimes it can feel like a great burden uh, when you're carrying other people's pain heavily or you're feeling a sad thing so hard and so long. Um, but Hey, the big feelers you you do have, you mentioned the incredible gift of empathy and intuition. I think because we feel so much, we are able to read other people's feelings well and, and even be interpreters, you know, we're good at saying to maybe our less big feeling friends, uh, or even a spouse or a roommate, you know, what's going on with that person is they're upset about this and this and this. And they're like, what? I didn't even know that was going on. So we have this gift that I think God wants us to use of helping others with their feelings. Um, uh, the, the steady feeler, I always say my husband is a classic steady feeler. This is somebody who has big feelings, but just not that often, not all the time. They have the gift, I think, of keeping those feelings boxed up until a convenient time. My husband, he can be like, okay, I'm going to feel this now. I don't have time. I didn't have time yesterday to feel it. Today is the day when I'm going to process feeling sad and I'll get over it in an hour or two. And I'm like, that must be great for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so lucky. So, so there are, Mm -hmm. they are emotionally intelligent, but they have this gift of being able to sort of maintain forward motion. Yes, exactly. um, Even through big feelings, whereas the big feeler generally is going to need to stop sit there for a while, pray, work through it, you know, get to the other side. Um, now the steady feeler though, I think what they can struggle with is they can get a little lost in the shuffle. Like maybe they're in the middle of a big feeler and a more reluctant feeler. And so they're sort of always negotiating other people's more extremes (laughs) and they neglect themselves. But the steady feeler has a tremendous amount to offer. I think they tend to make great leaders because they are emotional, but also forward moving. Uh, the reluctant feeler, <laughs> I love reluctant feelers. We need them in our lives because these are people who really, they shine when it comes to logic and truth. They really want to stick to the facts. And and that's good. We all need that. You know, They're like, let's not get distracted by feelings. What matters is is the facts. And what does God say? You know, when we're talking spiritually, they're going to be like, Hey, what, what does God say? And, and what does he want us to do? We're not going to get distracted by how this makes people feel. We're going to talk about righteousness. So they really helped preserve justice. But of course, 
they do have feelings. They sometimes want to pretend they don't and they can really catch up to them if they neglect them. Um, And they can feel disconnected from other people if they don't learn to open up that emotional side of their hearts. So I love that God has created us all so different and that we all really, we work together and we help one another to grow. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, it's really interesting too. Once I, you know, read your descriptions of these three fillers, I like this kind of thing because I always, as a big feeler, like to put things in context and like understand it more. So it's so interesting to see these different people in my life and I can easily pinpoint them. Like my husband is definitely a reluctant filler. And I think that's good in our situation because (laughs) he balances me. He balances this craziness, you know, and um, I think a lot of that came to light just becoming parents too and just seeing how he handles certain situations, how I handle them. And we're definitely a yin and yang, so to speak, on that. And so, Mm. and then just seeing like the people in my life and, you know, I think you gravitate to people that are similar to you, but sometimes you gravitate to people that are different. And I think it's because you kind of, God knows you need people to balance you and uh, it's, it's just interesting to see how God has intertwined all these types of feelers in my life personally. And maybe um, listeners, you can relate to that too, you know, identifying who you are able to rely on to give you good insight that you weren't aware of before, or who always is like your steady Eddie. And when you're, you know, in an extremely emotional situation, you know that they're just going to be a rock to just cry on and they're not going to get caught up in it. And they'll pat you and tell you, you know, just logical things. And that's, sometimes is exactly what you need. So, and the reluctant filler I like because that's definitely my dad and I can see him in that. And so just seeing his role in my life and how that has definitely been his case. I just think it's interesting to see how people are different in your life and how God's put them there for probably that reason. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So when we talk about feelings and like expressing our feelings, you know, what is your take on expressing those feelings when they're not righteous and God's relate like how does God relate in that and how does you know how does our relationship with God how can we work through those those feelings those extreme emotions with them not being maybe biblical Mm -hmm. or righteous because they're just a ball of emotion that's coming up to the surface (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) that is the challenge (laughs) well I think there's there's really great news for us because the Psalms are a book of prayers, prayers and songs. It can be used either way, but they express every imaginable emotion from the righteous and wonderful and joyful to the righteous and difficult, because we can have right. difficult righteous emotions and like mm-hmm. anger can be righteous. Grief is is righteous and it's given by God. Um, and then we can have the difficult feelings that aren't righteous, the bitterness, right. rage, yeah. you know, yeah. resentment, those darker feelings. But the Psalms express every single one of them. They express doubt and fear and a feeling of abandonment. And, and I love that God included all of that in the Psalms and he didn't edit it to make it all righteous. He didn't only put the righteous ones in there. And I think that tells us something. I think that tells us that God is saying, listen, I know you're going to go through some of this and I want to be the place where you work it out. Bring it to me. I am big enough and compassionate compassionate and patient enough that I can take it. Now we're going to work you through it. We're going to get you to the other side, to righteousness, 
but bring it to me. Don't be afraid. Talk to me about it. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's both, you know, sometimes I think we hear sort of a lopsided message. We hear, bring it all to God. It's all good. It's all accepted and, and he'll take it. But then we don't also hear the part about bring it to me, but then let's work through it together. Let's get you to a good place. It's both. You can be honest. You can be raw and then let God and his scripture and his spirit work in your heart to bring you to a place of resolution. And then I have, I mean, obviously we can't go into all of that here, but in the book, I try to really break that down into practical steps because it sounds so fluffy, you know, (laughs) like Uh take it to God, work it out with God. And you're like, oh, what does that mean? (laughs) But I like, I'm a big list maker. Even in my prayers, I like make lists. I talk to God through them. I like write down what I'm thinking and then I'll try to find a scripture and a way to like rephrase it in a more righteous way or reframe it in my mind in a more godly way. There are a lot of things we can do with God like that, that I think help us work through our emotions. Yeah, I completely agree. And that kind of segues into what I wanted to mention or go into next, because, um, you know, a lot of times we get sidelined and by our emotions and sidelined by what we're trying to walk through. And like you said, we kind of feel like, you know, shame about it or, or how do I bring this to God or having that follow through, like bringing it to the feet of the Lord and trying to work through it, like you just mentioned. And so that is one thing that I talk about a lot is just the power that God has given us to radically change our life and moving forward and how we think, because number one, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and that's, you know, powerful. And then he gave us a mind that can be renewed and, you know, new mercies given every morning to have a different lens and perspective to, to work through our life and to walk through it. And I know in the book, you talk about the importance of like focusing on our thoughts and really getting our mind around that. So can you speak on that a bit and how that can be a first good stepping stone to like bringing or working through it with God, you know, really getting a grasp on what we're thinking about and trying to challenge our mind and, and reworking those thoughts that are trying are really triggering those emotions, those big feelings. Yeah. One of the things that I'm most grateful for in scripture is that God does give so much attention to our mind and our thoughts rather than to, well, just feel this way. Cause I mean, if you've ever tried to tell yourself, get happy, like, yeah, we all know how <laughs> not helpful that is. Right. And the Bible exactly. doesn't treat us that way. So, you know, I mean, if we sat here and talked about the coronavirus and all the bad things we've gone through the last few months and losses and heartache and disappointment, we'd be pretty depressed in about five minutes, right? Because we are sitting here setting our minds on negative things. Mm -hmm. But then if we say, okay, well, let's talk about how has God worked through that time? How has God seen us through and been faithful? How have we seen his fingerprints on our lives through a hard time? Suddenly we're thinking about godly grateful things. And what happens? Our mood lifts, our faith grows. So it's so much starts with where are we focusing our attention? And you've got incredible verses that even walk you through specifics like Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, excellent, admirable, 
Those are the things God wants you to really give attention to. And I love that when we do that, what happens? We get the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the spirit are awesome. They're not more sadness and grief and awareness of hard things. It's love, joy, peace. Um, Hello. You had me at those three. (laughs) There's seven fruits of the spirit. I'm good with just love, joy, and peace. (laughs) But that's what God is trying to produce in us as we learn to take captive every thought, as 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, focus them on more godly things. Um, those, those fruits of the spirit will grow inside of us. Yeah. And I think that's an important, uh, an important point to make is, you know, like you just mentioned in Philippians, you know, whatever is true. And I know for myself, when I come to a place where I'm having a lot of uh, angst or just feelings about anything, could even be happy feelings, but if I'm just wanting to process it, getting down to the truth of the situation and then taking that real truth to God and praying over that specific thing. Cause a lot of times I find myself maybe praying about my feelings, like, God, I just don't want to feel depressed anymore. Like, please help me get through this. Why am I so angry about this? And I, I'm, and not that that you can't pray about that, but I think it will serve you better maybe to take it one step further and say, but what are the facts about the situation? And then pray about that. Cause that's where your feelings are really coming from. They're coming through from the truth of it, not your f- emotion about it. Cause I always have to repeat to myself, like emotions are temporary. They're responses to what we're thinking about and what we're going through in our you know circumstance, but they're not permanent things or characteristics about ourselves. You know, it's so easy to get caught in the trap of saying like, I am angry or I'm an impatient person or things like that. And you make these I am statements about yourself. And so you kind of walk through life with that lens. Like, so anytime you're in a situation, you're like, well, I'm angry. And that's why I responded this way because I'm an angry person or something to that respect. So I think it's important that we take the truth to God and pray about that specifically. This is the truth of the situation. This is what I'm feeling about it. Like, please, you know, help me work through that and go from the place of truth. And and really, I think I know for myself, I've found a lot of traction when I'm moving from that perspective rather than just praying about my, you know, please take this from me, which you can do definitely. But I think you get just more in-depth understanding of God and yourself when you're really trying to dig into why is your response this way in this circumstance. I think it just is eye-opening. So I I love when you talk about in the book about building a happy house. And this really points um, is something important to me because, you know, I think it's important that you cultivate an environment in your home that emotions can be expressed. And so coming from a background, I will think, I, I will say the majority of the people in my family are big feelers. So we were the type of family that if you had something to say, you just were allowed to say it. If you had an emotion, you were allowed to express it. And while that, sounds, better or worse. <laughs> while that sounds great in theory, uh, you kind of, as an adult, recognize uh, you have to learn to temper these emotions. You can't just let it all hang right. out. So <laughs> and so I, I would love to hear, like, what are your best tips on creating this type of environment, but in a healthy way to make, so maybe you're not going to the extreme of like allowing you and the other people in your home to just like fly off. I mean, they need to learn to like right. mitigate that, but building a, building a home where they feel comfortable talking about their feelings. I think that's the key. Yes. You bring kids into the mix and you suddenly have all these different personalities under one roof, different types of feelers. Mm -hmm. Some are reluctant, some are huge, some are somewhere in the middle, some 
haven't figured themselves out yet because they're toddlers right. <laughs> you know, or teenagers. Yes. <laughs> um, it can be really complicated. And, and of course, like for me in our family, it's really important to me that everybody has feels safe and accepted and comfortable expressing what's going on. If, if they can't express their feelings here at home, where can they do it? Like if you can't find a, a compassionate listening ear here, you're not going to find it anywhere. So, so certainly that is important. And I, we want so much for everybody in the house to feel safe and, and welcome to have place for their emotions. We also, I think one of the tricks when you have more than one child is making sure that the quieter feelers are drawn out and are able to express their feelings. Cause I don't know about your kids, but some of mine, like it takes some are like their emotions are always right here and they're freely expressing them all day long, very loudly. And then I've got some quieter ones who, who it takes them a few minutes to even figure out what they feel. And by the time they're getting it out, everybody's moved on. So I feel like it's my job to make space for them and to be like, everybody slow down. Yes. He's got something to say and something mm-hmm. that he feels about this. Um, and then we, in our family, we talk a lot about just how do we want our family to feel? And it's actually, a, it can be a really fun family conversation or a family devotional if you do that kind of thing where you sit around and you say, okay, what, how do you want to feel at home? Like, well, I want to feel happy. I want to feel um, heard. I want to feel fun. I want, th- you know, depending on the age of your kids, it's going to come out differently. Okay, so then what do we need to do to create that environment? Let's say you are having an argument with a sibling. Let's say you do, they hurt your Mm -hmm. feelings and you have something to say. What's a healthy way to express that that doesn't just kill the family mood and hurt, hurt feelings more? Yeah. So those kinds of conversations, I mean, in our house, we must have 20 of them a day because it's a constant readjustment. It's a constant you know, we're juggling a lot of feelings all day long Yeah, and we have our ups and downs, but we're trying to create an overall happy house where we deal with conflict in a functional way without anger and rage, you know, and where we offer quick forgiveness, where we express what we feel, but then we move forward. Um, It's the greatest challenge, but also the greatest joy of family life in my experience. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that um, it it may not be like the most clear thing that you need to establish in your home, but I think it is like a huge investment. Like you'll see the return, you know, over time and seeing how they can relate to things that are going on in their life. I think that's our biggest hope as a parent, like that you raise children that are going to be productive human beings and have a good head on their shoulders. And a lot of that comes with learning how to manage your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts because your your view of your life and how you feel about your life so comes down to what you're thinking mm-hmm. about and hopefully you know as believers and Christians we're instilling you know God's truth in them and they can you know meditate on that on his word and know his truth but relating that to their world i think is like the key that we the bridge that we're trying to help them build as they're in our home. And I will say there's one, um, I had never heard this or even thought of this before, but I can't remember exactly where I even heard it first, but I remember we were, maybe it was like a, um, Sunday school talk or, 
or something. I don't remember, but they basically said one thing they love to do at the table as a conversation starter is every day they talk about their pit and their praise. And that's how they worded it. And I thought that's a great way. Um, We've started doing that with our son. And we will ask um, Edie, our almost three-year-old, this too. Um, sometimes they have to like prod her along because right. she's not really getting it. But now that th- he's old enough, he's four and a half now, um, you know, we can ask him like, what was the real wonderful thing that happened today? And what was something that you were kind of upset about today? Mm-hmm. And I think it just oh, gives them like a chance, a moment, a time to just think about it and have something to say. And I think as parents, that really helps us open our door to like what really is important to him, what he values, what he thinks is great. Um, It's just been an eye-opening, I think, habit. And I've I've really enjoyed it and I am planning to continue that. And I think it's just, you know, like you said, giving them the space and the time and the moment to um, really consider what it is that they're thinking and feeling and yeah, everyone's going to be different. So some kids are going to just going to tell you as soon as they walk in the door, how crummy their day was or how good it was. And sometimes they're not, and you're not going to know until they have an explosive reaction and you have to like dig at that point. Okay. What, what was this reaction from and stuff? So I think that's important and and something we should all really consider being a, a tenant, I guess you should say of having a happy home because it's, it's a, it's an important thing, an important lesson for them to learn so that when they're out on their own, um, and even as us adults, we're always changing. I hate the phrase old dogs can't learn new tricks because that is not true. Right. Everyone can learn something new at any point in life. <laughs> so like keep it going, keep trying to grow, keep trying to push yourself, challenge yourself to be better, feel better, do better. Uh, I think it's just something we all need to be constantly pushing for. Um, and so that kind of leads into uh, talking about so in chapter four, you kind of talk about, you, you dive into how emotions come and go. And it's important that we, I'm kind of, par- I'm paraphrasing this, but essentially, you know, we have an emotion, we need to process it, and then we need to tell them to leave and kind of identifying what that time frame is. How do we know, like, can you just talk about that a little bit and how the Bible can help us with those painful feelings like anxiety and depression and grief and how, how can we kind of work through the process and, and win, like you said, to just tell it to lead and move forward in a healthy manner. Well, I love what you said earlier about, I think a lot of Christians, we wrestle with feelings of guilt when we do have those darker feelings like um, depression or anxiety or discouragement. And and we all have them. And, and I right. suspect that the bigger feelers among us may have them more often. You know, we just, it takes us longer to get out of them. Um, But I think the bigger feelers among us, this can be a a special challenge for us. Um, And it's not wrong to have those feelings. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but grief, God gives us grief as a way to process and heal from loss or disappointment. Um, Those are those are feelings. We even see God grieving. We see Jesus sad. I mean, so <laughs> surely we are allowed to feel those things as right. well. Um, but I think what what can be tricky is for some of us, those more difficult feelings knock on the door of our hearts more often than others. And sometimes they knock at inappropriate times. You know, have you ever had a day where you just like you wake up and you're like sad? Yes. And you have no idea why? Yes. And and that happens to us sometimes. And you're just like, okay, like you said, is this, is this based on, on a fact? Like, is something actually wrong in my life that I legitimately am upset about? 
Or is this just a feeling that maybe is coming from a hormonal surge or not enough sleep or who knows where it came from? One thing I have learned to do is to sort of interview my feelings in the presence of God. I do this as part of my morning devotion times. If I'm having a big feeling day, and especially if I'm having like a negative big feeling day, I'll sit down with God and say, okay, what is it that I'm feeling? What is causing this? Let's say I'm feeling anxious. What is causing this anxiety? And I'll try to list it out so I can figure out if there's like an actual reason for it, or if it's just a vague, whatever, you know, and I look at that as the enemy, just kind of whispering, trying to mess up my day. Yeah. Now, if I find something legitimate, then I can, okay, well, God, and I can work through that together. I can say, okay, God, I am anxious because my kid is going through a hard time, or Mm -hmm. I'm anxious because I had an off conversation with a friend and I feel insecure and unresolved. Okay, well, both of those things are things I can pray about. I can have conversations about. I can address them with scripture. There are things I can do. And I always find that taking action and and being even talking about those actions in prayer with God helps me feel less bossed around by the feeling and more in charge. Like, okay, feeling, I'm addressing you. I'm not ignoring you. And then once I've done those things, whether it's have the conversation, say the prayer, release the worry to God, whatever it is, then I can open the door of my heart and usher that feeling back out and say, nice knowing you, please leave me alone now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And there may still be like something too, that I think encourages people to know. Sometimes there's still that like residual leftover feeling, even when you've like walked through those steps and you and God are resolved and you know what to do and you know, you don't need to feel anxious anymore, or, you know, you don't need to feel sad anymore. You might still have some leftovers, but at least then, you know, eh, those are going to go away. You know, yeah. if I turn my attention elsewhere, set my mind on other things, those are mm-hmm. going to fade with time. Yes, It's not time for that feeling to be in my heart anymore. It's, it's done. It's, it's a visit is over now. <laughs> the visiting hours are closed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> you can leave now. Yeah, I love that. And I love the that you mentioned how you list things out. I am a total journal like junkie. I, I buy journals constantly. I don't have <laughs> enough paper around me. Um, and so that is something that I have done. And I always am encouraging others to do that too, because I think when you write things out, you your eyes kind of open and you're like, Oh, because just like you said, you know, I tried to do this in the morning as well, because, you know, you can wake up with feelings for no reason. uh, And I just feel like if I can start my day in a more mindful headspace, I'm just I have a better day. So journaling it out is something I love doing because you can just see it on paper and you can decipher. Is this just a, a feeling? Is this a fact? Yeah. And you can you'll be amazed at what comes out when you're just writing it. And I always try to encourage people like, don't try to filter your thoughts when you're writing. I just say like, write for 15 minutes and just see what comes out. Like it it, it could be a to-do list. It could be, you know, I am angry today. And then it could jump lines. They don't have to connect or make any sense, but just like give your brain a chance to kind of dump. And a lot you can see like, okay, this is subconsciously or consciously what I'm thinking about. And this is why I'm feeling this way right now. And that gives you a prime target thing to pray about and pray over. And yeah, that has helped tremendously. And I love that you mentioned that because I think it's really important that we just take the time to really consider what is going on. And like you said, it can be easily 
um, brought to your attention that this is just a rogue, a rogue situation and I (laughs) need to tell it to leave. Like, I don't have the energy for this today. I have other things I need to get busy with and I'm not going down that road because I think too, uh, it can be very easy for the enemy to get a stronghold on you of an emotion and like blow it up into proportion. It's like the proverbial snowball that falls down the hill and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think that's why it's important that we learn like techniques we can use to help us move forward and let go because otherwise he's ever present he is trying to work in our lives and he is trying to poke holes in our faith and uh, having that light shine from us as believers. And so it's important that we guard our heart and guard our thoughts against that. And so if we can have ways to come to the Lord and, you know, be, I would say, intentional about our prayers and intentional about the things going on yeah. in our lives and praying over those, the fruits of the spirits, like you were speaking to earlier, just become more abundant and Satan can't, he can't stand that, you know, and he'll, he'll realize he can't knock you off your, your game, so to speak. I mean, we're all going to have bad days, but I think it's important. We learn ways to like handle those and work through them. So yeah, speaking of burdens and um, people's emotions, I know you, you know, you talk about how big feelers and I'm, I struggle with this is why I'm bringing it up, carrying the burdens of other people's problem or pain or suffering and just how to deal with that and how to, get your mindset in a healthy space because I know like being a compassionate empathetic person like that's a gift but if I'm so like drawn up in their pain and hurt I can't really serve them right. well because I'm feeling so painful and and hurt over the situation so what are your best pieces of advice for walking through someone going through a lot and you kind of carrying that burden on your shoulders you know I think it, our compassion the more compassionate of a person you are <laughs> the more, the more you're going to want to take other people's Mm -hmm. burdens on. And, and part of that is, is godly. I mean, the Bible does encourage us to carry one another's burdens and to, um, and in this way we will fulfill the law of Christ. Um, You know, that we are meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus in one another's lives. We're meant to demonstrate the heart of God. So there's a part of that that is wonderful, but of course we all know what it's like when we try to take on more than we can and more than we should. And for me, one of the questions, this is a real struggle for me. Like I even have to like limit, (laughs) sounds awful, but I have to limit how much news I watch because I will take every sad story and live it. Oh with yeah, the people, I agree. You know, and, and I like, won't be able to let it go. And I'll be praying for these people who I've never met <laughs> for months and years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I take their story into my heart and I put myself in their shoes and I'm like mourning with them. Yeah. And- <laughs> you can cry about it. It's yeah. like you're an actress. It's like you fully can embody what they're going through. My mom always jokes. She's like, you should have been an actress. I'm like, well, I can just see how they're feeling that way. Like, oh yeah, I totally relate to that. <laughs> right. And it's like, on the one hand, that's wonderful. But on the other hand, it can really paralyze you. So, yes. you know, how, yeah. do, what do we do with that? So one of the things that I'll try to evaluate when I feel myself kind of really going there with someone else is, you know, number one, am I trying to do something for someone else that only God can do? Or even that only this person can do. Right. I can, you know, support them and pray for them, pray with them, but I, I can't step into their shoes and do it for them. Yeah. So I got to keep in mind what's God's 
place in this? What's the other person's right. place in this? And what is mine? Um, another thing that I find helpful, a, a distinguishing, a way to distinguish, I guess, definition wise is just, it's one thing to share in someone's burdens. It's another thing to borrow them. Right. Like, for example, if let's, let's use the box analogy. If, if somebody's burden is a box, mm-hmm. I can pick up a corner of their box and say, let me help you carry that. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me listen to you, comfort you, um, give advice if you want it or just just a listening ear if that's what you need let me if there are things i can do to make your load lighter let me do that but at the end of the day that i can't take that burden home with me and live with it you know right. <laughs> yeah yeah because exactly. my house will get filled with other people's boxes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i exactly. have to find ways we all have to find ways to kind of let it go leave it with god leave it in prayer and say god i've done as much as i can yeah i've cared to the extent that my human heart is able now it's in your hands and i mm-hmm. trust that you love this person even more than i do yeah and so you're going to take it from here. And that I think can allow us to step back a little and have those healthy relationships that don't get into all the codependency and all the, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that gets kind of tangled and exactly. painful. Yeah, exactly. And I love that, um, that kind of picture of, yeah, if you're holding a box, if you're taking everyone's boxes home, you're you can't walk around in your house and you can't serve the people that are in your house because there's too many boxes in your way. <laughs> right. I mean, it makes so much sense. And I actually have an episode um, about compassion fatigue and that's kind Ooh. of this whole thing about it. It's, you know, you start to take on all this, all this emotion and it really comes into play with people that are having to be caregivers and things like that. And they're just so drained that they literally just can't care for themselves. They can't care for the people around them and their actual responsibilities because they're just so drained from, you know, taking care of others and their problems. And so I think it's something we all have to be aware of because I think also as just a Christian, you're, you have this, mindset and this belief that like giving is the greatest thing and like to give yourself to give up yourself and your time is such a service for the Lord but he also needs you to be as strong as you can be to keep being a servant and if you're just taking on everyone's burdens like you're going to be fatigued and you're not going to have anything left to give because you're just empty you know and it's just it's a lot of stuff you have to walk through to carry other people's emotions and I think um, one thing that's helped me you kind of said this yourself is asking yourself is this their business God's business or my business and if you can like think about those three things it can kind of help you understand your role in it you know if if it's if it's their business that's something I can't do. And of course I can be in prayer over them, but there's only so much my involvement. And if it's God's business, that's something that you can be in prayer over and all that stuff and give it up to him because he's the one that's ultimately in control. And I think this comes into play a lot with people that you have relationships with. I mean, of course it can be, like you said, I am definitely the person that has to safeguard my heart from the news too, because mm-hmm. I'm the same. I'll just go into complete like, oh my gosh. And I'll, I'll pick up the torch and be like, we have to do something <laughs> about this. I don't know how people are living like this. How, right. how is this happening? <laughs> and I mean, I will go just on it, texting my family, texting everybody. Like we got to get behind this. We got to do something about this. And while that's important, and I think there's a reason for those things and a time for those, we do have to understand like, our capacity for it and just knowing what really would be the best for us to do in this situation. And I think it's important we just have an understanding of that and really 
recognizing that we can't save the world. That's God's job. Like God, God's the only person that can change hearts and things like that. But we most certainly can have a role in that. And even if it's simply praying for them, that might be all we can do. And we have to be okay with that. So I think that's important. And I think I kind of want to tie this up with talking about, we've spoken a lot about praying in this, in this episode. And I think that's just a key component. And I know as a feeler and walking through all these different uh, strategies, I'll call them, or ways that I've tried to cope with this, the one foundational thing that has always been in place is my prayer life. And I will say, I think God gave me a lot of emotions because he knew I would have to keep turning to him over and over and over again (laughs) and praying. And that's how I've really built my relationship with the Lord. I mean, I've gone through a lot of stuff and had a lot of things, you know, happen to loved ones and being a person who feels big, that's just always been a struggle point for me. And so being in prayer over that has deepened my relationship with that. So I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit, like prayer life and uh, how our emotions can help us have a richer prayer life and maybe how to navigate that and how good God designed us to handle that and come to him over those situations. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same way. I do think if it weren't for prayer, oh my goodness, I would be such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and my poor husband would Me be too. very overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'd be shoveling it. He's like, please go spend some time with God. Please. <laughs> please. I can't take it anymore. My ears are bleeding. He has told me that before. Exactly. Like, my ears are bleeding right now. I remember my husband early, like, like first few months of our marriage, kind of looking at me and, you know, with this like affectionate smile, but just like, wow, I never knew I had married a sprinkler. And I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> low blow. <laughs> but it's true. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, even that is one of the things that has prompted me to nurture my prayer life because I do know that I have a lot. That on any given day, I have about 50 things mm-hmm. that I need to process. And if I try to do that all yeah. in, with the people in my life or one or two, I, I do overwhelm people. Right. I mean, that's just, you know, I overwhelm myself. So, but God is the only one who never gets overwhelmed. He has all the time, all the patience, mm-hmm. infinite ability to listen and care. Yes. And and I do think sometimes we get embarrassed mm-hmm. to pray to God about things that feel, well, he, you know, insignificant or stupid. Like, why would God care that I can't find this check that I need to cash? Right. He's got planets to spin and, you know, gravity to keep in place mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> wars to avert. But God is big enough to care about all of it. Mm-hmm. The gravity, the wars, and your missing check. God, and, and Jesus, goodness, he tells us these wonderful parables about the woman with the lost coin, you know, yes. that she rejoices over the one that she found. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like God gets it. The little things we care about yeah. and that cause us pain and anxiety, he welcomes it. So I think my prayer life really took a new, just became so much more joyful and fun and safe when I really embraced this idea that God cares about the details of my life and that he is the best person to process them with. So, you know, even I think probably as a young mom, you have a thousand moments a day. Some of them are just so wonderful. And you're like, I wish someone was here yeah. to see this with me. Like they shared and they didn't hit. Yes. Two exactly. minutes and it was beautiful. Yeah. Right. That's a moment you can share in prayer with God. And yeah. you know, or or that dark moment where you're like, they didn't share and they did hit. And 
I never am going to have a happy house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can take that to God too. I just think walking with God mm-hmm. through every emotional thing that we experience, even and they just, these are not all long prayers. Some of these right. are just little moments that we share. God welcomes that. And then the more we do that, the more comfortable we become taking the big things to him and saying, okay, God, we may be here a while, but I'm so right. glad you have enough time. And I know you'll sit with me until it's done. Mm-hmm. God welcomes that. Um, practically, we've talked a lot about journaling. I've started years ago, I started writing my prayers down. As a feeler, I find it difficult to just like get a handle on my emotions. But when I force them onto the page with God, I feel like even though I don't pray about as many things, my prayers are more focused and I feel more like there's, they're just more connected with God. So that might be something right. to try if you've never tried before. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really, really helpful. Yeah. And I love that because I think it is something that some people struggle with, you know, feeling like if the, if it's not a big deal, like, God doesn't need to hear it, or I don't have time to like, maybe they have a concept that prayer has to be this elaborate process. But like you said, I mean, it could just be little things. And I find myself, I think probably just because of the season I'm in and trying to do so many like work from home, have my kids with me and all that stuff. That is how I pray. Like, it'll be like two, like two lines, like, Lord, you know, give me the patience right now because I'm feeling so frustrated or God, please give me this moment to just sit here and just look at them and enjoy their presence and not be feeling like I have to go do this or do that. And so I find myself just kind of having a conversation with God, like all day long, you know, and sometimes I may say amen at the end, but sometimes I don't, but I still consider that like, uh, it's just me being in communion with him and talking to him and having a conversation. So like you said, that leads to you feeling and having this desire almost to always come to God with the big things because you're like, you're always here with me. You know, you've heard all the little nuances of my thoughts in my day. And I know that you'll sit and listen to me now when I'm really struggling. And I think that's just an important note to make that Yeah, just like you said, God cares about all the small things, the little details. If you lost something, oh my goodness, you don't know how many prayers I've prayed about finding my keys. (laughs) Like, (laughs) please, Lord, like I have to get out the door. If I don't get out the door now, like, oh, my whole day is going to (laughs) crumble like a thing of salt. Like, I need my keys now, God, please. Like, I mean, He is aware that that is stressing you out and He knows the angst that you have. But He also knows that when you're mourning the diagnosis of cancer of a loved one that, and you don't want them to walk through this, that He's going to walk with you through that. And He's going to help you and give you the tools and the wisdom and the insight to not only help you in that journey, but, you know, pick up that corner of the box Mm. with that loved one and help them carry that. So I think it's just important that we are aware that there's no, there's no list. There's no rule or tablet of instructions we have to follow to come to Jesus. Like he is there through it all, thick or thin, big or small. Like it's all part of his journey with you. And he wants you to bring all those things to him because whether you're feeling them big, if if they're big feelings or they're small feelings, 
it's part of who you are and he knows that you're responding to something that is going on in your life and he wants to be a part of that too. So I just love that. And I think it's an encouragement that we can always come to him and there's nothing that he's going to say. Are you kidding me? Like, go on. <laughs> I got other fish to fry, lady. You're kidding me. I'm not going to tell you that. Um, and so I just think that's such an encouragement. And um, the message of your book, All the Feels, is just very dear to me. I loved reading the book. It just it just gave me so much insight to myself, even furthering my own understanding of how God, and I just love the amount of scripture that you put in the book. I think that's super important note to make because a lot of times we can get caught up in the words of people and not yeah. really like have the truth of the word. And so you do a wonderful job of marrying those two and helping just give insight to scriptures and having those scriptures right there to say, yeah, this is exactly what he said. Like this is the truth about it. And so I love this book. I think it's a great thing and tool for anyone that is going through anything to get it. And even if you're not going through anything, it's a great, I always say like my spiritual tool belt, it's a great book to have mm-hmm. in your spiritual tool belt. Cause it's going to help you just have more knowledge and understanding of maybe what you're going through and how to handle it and those people in your life that you want to serve well. So I believe in the power of knowing more about ourselves. I believe in the power of knowing our mind and how it works and the importance of focusing our thoughts and being intentional with them um, because a lot of our feelings come from that place. And so, you know, to have a better understanding of how that all intertwines it will just deepen our relationship with Christ with Christ. And that's why I think this book is such a great merriment of the two because it really helps you understand that that bridge there. And so I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the Thought Vaults. And um please let our listeners know the best way that they can follow you um and where you'd like to send them and to get to know you more. Yeah. Well first thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy talking to you. So fun. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, my website is elizabethlangthompson.com. It's L-A-I-N-G. <laughs> my maiden name is kind of odd. Um, but I'm on Instagram at Elizabeth Lang Thompson. I'm on Facebook, Elizabeth Lang Thompson writer, you know, all the usual suspects. Um, but I love connecting with people. Um, I make uh, my best effort to respond to everybody who, who reaches out and, you know, whether it's with a prayer request or just, Hey, I read this and it made me think of this. I love Mm -hmm. engaging with people. So I would be thrilled to keep in touch with anyone who heard this and feels like it could minister to them in any way. So. Yes, that's wonderful. So there are links to um, the her social media and links to where you can grab the book. Um, she also you have a companion journal that goes with it, don't you? Our work. So what I have for this is I have a free discussion guide for book okay, clubs that's what and it is. small yes. groups. Yes, okay, maybe one day there will be a companion journal. I would love that. I have the book coming out next year for preteen and teen girls, and then a free discussion guide. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So this is this that you you mentioning that this would be a great book to use for a small group um, because there's even in the book itself, there's great uh, questions and things to ask yourself. So I just I just love it. Can't say enough good things about it. Uh, You should go grab one. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you share this, Elizabeth and I would love for you to tag us. So please tag us if you share this episode. That would mean a lot to us. I wanted to remind you guys to jump into our insiders Facebook group, The Bold insiders. You can find that by going to boldpearls.com forward slash insiders to get into our private Facebook group where we just have a community of like-minded gals um, praying for each other, having extra trainings in their lives, um, 
prayer requests, just all kinds of things. It's a great inside group, and I want you guys to be a part of that. Also, don't forget of the new about the new resource I created just for you guys called the Quick Start Guide for Living a Better, Bolder Life. You can find it by going to boldpearls.com forward slash resources or click the link in the show notes. This guide is a step-by-step um, ebook for helping you improve your life physically, mentally, and spiritually. And as a certified coach, I've kind of basically condensed all of my personal tools into this guide for you. Uh, I give away my tricks and tools for coaching myself through life, and I know it'll be a help for you as well. So be sure to check that out. And until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Go live with bold intention, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now.